Welcome to the Productivity Show by Asian Efficiency, helping you do more and be better. And now here's your host, Zachary Sexton. Welcome to the Productivity Show by Asian Efficiency, helping you do more and be better. My name is Zachary Sexton, and today we have a uh, special guest, a good friend of mine named Thomas Frank, not Thomas Frankly, as I thought for uh, for a month or two, but Thomas Frank. And um, uh, welcome, Thomas. Thanks for thanks for being on. Hey, man, no problem. How's it going over there? Uh, it's going going pretty well, going pretty well. And and just for a quick introduce introduction for for people who aren't familiar with uh, with Thomas Frank, he is. He was forced to become productive, and the reason he was forced to become productive is to fund his habit of dumping endless amount of quarters into the local arcade's DDR machine. So, Dance Dance Revolution, for those who are not familiar. Um, and when he's not doing that, he's building his college, inf- college info geek, which is sort of a media empire at this point. It's, it's a YouTube channel, a, a blog that, that dates back to 2010, and a, a podcast that has um, lots of great guests on, um, including myself in the back episodes. Um, and, and what College Info Geek does is it gives all the best resources on the internet and listening um, or gives all the best resources to college students. Um, when he's not doing that, he's listening to weird metal. What kind of metal is that? <laughs> Gent metal. Gent metal. Uh, I D- couldn't pronounce D-J-E-N-T. that. D-J-E-N-T. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I have a habit of writing different bios every time people want me to write one. So it may be uh, a percentage factual instead of a total factual <laughs> bio right there. But also, most of it's true. I didn't actually become productive to fund my DDR habit, though I do have a massive DDR habit. <laughs> okay. So that, that actually leads into my first question. Do your DDR moves translate into the actual dance floor? Uh, yes and no. So the thing about DDR is you mainly use your feet. It's just stomping on arrows. Um, I will say yes for two reasons, though. Uh, the first reason dates back to when I was a kid. Uh, when I was born, I actually had my left foot turned inward for some reason. So I would trip over nothing and everything and uh, would land on my face basically once or twice every time we'd go outside somewhere. And my parents were like, you kind of need to figure out coordination for yourself, kid. There's nothing we can do about it. We can't pay for physical therapy or whatever. And it's not bad enough for that. Um, so I started skateboarding and none of this was like purposeful trying to fix my leg i just did things that i thought were fun as a kid uh, and i probably sixth or seventh grade i discovered ddr right before our arcade got closed for drug dealing um, so i started playing that all the time and now that i still play it a decade later i've noticed that my foot eye coordination i guess you could say and my balance and all those things related to dance are much much better um and the other thing is i've moved into playing doubles where you use both sides of the machine's pads and use all eight buttons and that is much more akin to real dancing than the singles where you just kind of stomp on your four arrows uh it's a lot more movement so i'm kind of of the opinion that if the game completely dies because the the culture around the series has died i'm like one of the last players i will probably just start dance lessons of some sort (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> nice nice um i didn't know that backstory I, i'll have to to get my girlfriend nikita on ddr she she doesn't have a inward facing foot but she does have one foot that's larger than the other and mm. and she trips pretty much every time we go outside so um <laughs> ddr might be a good solution um well so 
a, a big reason I have you on is is your site teaches college students how to be more productive and uh, pay off their student loans and travel the world and do awesome stuff. But a big reason um, that, that I think you, you'll be a really valuable guest to have on the Productivity Show is is the things you've managed to do at such a young age. And at Asian Efficiency, we talk about productivity as consistently taking action on your goals. And you've been able to do that for a really long time. And I'd say the biggest project that I know of that, that you've done that for is your blog. You started writing on it in 2010. And um, you even have a, tweeted out a quote that habits change, in, change into character. So you've built yourself into somebody uh, as a, like a character that, uh, that is a writer and has been doing this for, for coming on five years now. Um, so how did you, uh, get yourself in a place where you're really able to, to do that so consistently for such a long period of time? Okay. I'd like to be able to package this into like one neat and tidy little quote for you, but I don't think I can. So I guess I'll just tell you the story. Um, when I was in high school, you know, I, I graduated in 2009. So we went through the big stock market crash. We went through layoffs, you know, people that I knew, my my own dad got laid off of several jobs because of the economy and all that. And I just grew up thinking like, man, I never want to be in a situation where I am powerless to support myself or to achieve my goals. So I want to make sure that I can be like a linchpin in an organization that hires me eventually, like Seth Godin would say, or I guess these days just be able to support myself. So I looked for ways that I could build my skills in high school. And I did that through jobs. I did that through being a officer in business professionals of America, got into speaking and business and all these interests sort of guided me into my MIS major in college which is a future, uh, a fission, not a fission, <laughs> a fusion of business and technology, which I love. So, you know, going into college, I was doing that. Um, I was very good at using Google and finding answers. And as a result of using a lot of Google, I stumbled across blogs, started reading like Lifehacker and all those kind of blogs. And I found one called Hack College. And it was like the original college hacking, like life hacker for students blog. I freaking loved it. I read it every single day. Uh, it was started by college students who were like me, just wanted to share their tips and stuff. And around the end of my freshman year, they put out a call for new writers. So they were like, hey, send us your resume or if you're cool, your LinkedIn, uh, thumbs up, man. And then send us a guest post as well. And we'll, you know, evaluate from there and hire some new writers. So I was like, you know, I'm a business major. Uh, I, I, my goal is to be like an IT dude, be in the basement of some organization, like running all the computers and being a wizard or something, but, and maybe having some blogging experience for a, a big site would be a useful thing on a resume. And I could kind of show off that to uh, recruiters as something that I did to differentiate myself. So I spent all night writing this post. It was about productivity, um, coincidentally, and they rejected it. So they were like, you know, you know, good writing and everything, but we got a lot of uh, a lot of different applications and we didn't choose you. Well, I wasn't devastated, but I was also not really happy that I had gone through all this effort to write a post and that was going to waste. So I figured, why not just start my own? I don't think it's going to get big. But the thing about a blog is I'm not obligated to write uh, on a certain schedule. But it's funny because I am now. But at the time, it was like, I can just write whenever I want, you know. Uh, if, if it gets really busy with classes, I'll take a week or four off, uh, take a couple months off if I even need to. But 
I think I could manage writing an article or two a week, maybe, you know, for a month at you know, a good pace. So I just stuck with it. And going through these past four and a half years, there have been points where I was like, maybe I should quit, you know, maybe this isn't right for me. But I always went back to that kind of uh, cornerstone of like blogging is not something that's going to suck up my life or I have to quit it. I can be in the middle. I can do it as much or as little as I want. And as time has gone on, the success has enabled me to do it more often. Awesome. Awesome. So. Yeah. I, I, I didn't know that, that huge backstory. That's good. So it's like, <laughs> all right, I'm doing my own. And I'm sure I, I would imagine at this point, your, your traffic is, uh, is quite a bit larger than, uh, than college hack. And, and, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know about that, but yeah. So interestingly enough, they got bought by a company a few years ago. I don't know which company it is, but as a result, this company made like some super slick videos for them that got really, really big on YouTube. Um, I don't know, like maybe now because their site seems kind of dead, they haven't written in a while, but for a while they had just a huge presence. And I think it was a little bit of a marketing arm of this company that had bought them out. So I don't know if I'm bigger than them now, but I certainly am much bigger than I was when I started. That's that's true. That's true. And so I, did you do anything to to sort of like at those times when you're like, well, maybe I should quit this? What what were some of the things going through your head that actually made you continue on and 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 kept kept writing and kept posting and kept sharing your your thoughts on how to you know how to do do better at college that that you found through your own just experiment experiences well there's a few things um i I would read things read books or have experiences and i'd be like "Ooh, i want to write about this well there's my platform and it already built this momentum so i don't want to see something that i've built up go to waste and die off unless i'm really truly ready to let it go and i never was to that point um i had also considered selling the site a couple of times uh, you know, when you, when you try to build a website, you read all sorts of things about how to build a website and eventually you run across people who sell their websites for a lot of money. I had a friend who, when he was 16 years old, sold his blog for $20,000. And at the time I was like, that is just insane amount of money. Um, but eventually I was like, but I really want to sell this site for $20,000. Like it would be cool, but I've put more than $20,000 amount of work into this thing. So Either somebody's going to pay me like six figures for it, which is never going to happen, or I'm just going to keep it up or I'm going to quit and it'll all go to waste. So the most logical option was just to keep it up. All right. All right. <laughs> and and you actually on, on your site is it's probably your, your most popular post. Um, it's it's one that that I really like. It got a, it got a lot out of is how to build your own blog in one to two hours and how mm -hmm. to how to start it in one, two hours. And and you really suggest that college students, uh, all college students right now. Stop what you're doing and 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 start a blog um, because it's it's a great way to distinguish yourself in the workforce. Um, but can you maybe tell me a little bit more about um, reasons why you'd start a blog and and maybe even reasons why people uh, before or after college might might want to start their own blog as well? Sure. Well, I think you have to make a distinction between you know blog and a website. So. What I want college students to do at the very least is go out and buy your domain name right now and just point it to something. Um, 
but I think it looks really good if you take the time to actually set up your own website where you have your resume, you can maybe have a portfolio of the work you've done, you can have links to anywhere you want to be contacted or any of your uh, social profiles on the internet, other things like that. And then it becomes like the hub of your online presence and you are the one who built it. So it's very much like your thing. Uh, It's really impressive. I've had people like cold call me for jobs when I was a student because they just found my website and saw some of the work that I did there. So um, the blogging part is interesting. I don't think you need to be a blogger or have a blog on it, but it is a useful component because blogging lets you write about the area of expertise that you're trying to become a known figure in, right? Anybody in a college major wants to become known as an expert in some field related to that major because that's how you're going to get jobs. People are going to see that you're a valuable entity and they're going to pay you. So when you blog, you're teaching people or you're chronicling your experience, but you know whatever you're doing, you are creating content around that area and you're tying your name to it. And that can only help you build a brand and get a job and achieve your goals. It'll also help you become a better writer, become a better communicator, uh, become more visible online just because you're making more content. So I really think it's a net positive and having done it as a student, it doesn't have to be a huge time sink. All right. About how much time did you you spend on it during during your college years? You think a week maybe? It it really depended. So the first year before um the there was a catalyst for success about 11 months in. Before that, I was doing I think at max six articles and at minimum two articles a month. And an article could take me between one to two hours to write. Uh, there were a few exceptions. There was I remember one article that took me like six straight hours to write. And I uh, vividly remember sitting in the den of my dorm just writing this thing. But for the most part, it's like one to two hours. So, you know, that translates to just a few hours a month. You know, maybe eventually like 10 to 12 if it was a bigger month. But that's not a whole lot in the grand scheme of how much you have to study and work and all that kind of stuff too. Okay, okay. Did did you ever find there was benefits to like learning, like synthesizing your information, so you you actually remembered the stuff a little bit longer, or um, or or had a reference to where to go afterwards? Definitely, yeah. So there, there's this pyramid of uh, of like retention of knowledge, and the top is like you retain ten percent of what you hear, and at the bottom it's like you retain ninety percent of what you teach. Well. The uh, the pyramid isn't accurate, like it's not actually st- backed up by studies. But as an anecdote, I think it's pretty good because I I do realize like the the things I write about and the things I teach, I do retain them a lot more. And especially if I'm asked about them, if I if I've written something and then somebody asks me about it, then it just all comes flooding back. If I've read it, then the recall is not quite as good. So definitely, writing helps you to solidify your knowledge of a certain topic better. Cool, cool. So, so over the years, your 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 site and your your kind of presence online has grown. You've you're actually even growing a team now. You have uh, you have em- employees, which is crazy. But congratulations. Um, <laughs> what what are some um, some of the tips that that you have picked up as a uh, an online entrepreneur that that also have helped you optimize your time? So are you talking about like uh, personal productivity here? Yeah, yeah. Getting to your some of your little personal productivity. I know I've read some things on like your quick capture. Uh, you and okay. I were, were tweeting back and forth on on uh, on some of your time blocking experiments that you've done. 
Um, you've written so let's go. Morning, morning routines. You, you've got all kinds of, of, of things. And so what are, what are some things that you've thrown into your, your life personally that has helped you, but then also, you know, your, your, um, your vocation right now, which is, is a, um, a media entrepreneur. Sure. Yeah. So let's, uh, pull back the curtain a little bit here. We have a Google doc open between us and there's a list quick capture time boxing actually is what it's called. Uh, the, my morning routine and the email tools. So I'll go over those four. There are definitely more. I have this crazy like mind map of all the apps that like take up my productivity system. Um, quick capture is a very, very vital part of it. And the philosophy there is that you have a lot of data that comes into your life. And when you're running a media empire, you want to do a lot of things with it. But even if you're uh, not doing that, you want to be able to do things with that data quickly. Um, I kind of had this catch-all word for it, which I just say is an idea. An idea could be an event. It could be a person you met that you want to follow up with. It could be an actual idea for a post you want to write or for something you want to do later. But Ideas have different categories they fall into, and they have different systems that you'll want to put them into. So, quick capture is just a way to quickly capture it without disrupting your day too much and then getting it into a system that you trust. For me, that starts with drafts, which is an app for the iPhone. Um, drafts, just think when you open it, you immediately get a blinking cursor, you write what you want, and then you can create shortcuts for what to do with that text. Um, the most common one for me is to just like shove it over to Evernote and then later I could process that into whatever notebook I want. You can also email it to yourself. You can create a calendar event out of it. You can create a to do out of it. They have all sorts of cool integrations and with like if it and Zapier or Zapier, you could do even more. So, um, that's quick capture. So time boxing, cool. time boxing is something that I haven't used since I did this experiment, but it's an interesting thing to try out in your own life. And Basically, what you do is you plan out your entire day or maybe even your week, which is what I did, um, by the hour or even the minute. So you want to write down all your goals for that week or day. Uh, I want to get a podcast edited. I need to uh, do this interview with you. I need to do some video editing. I need to go write. And then you estimate the time required to do that and you build a schedule for your day. Uh, so, So like... 10 a.m. to 10.50, I'm going to write this article. Then 10.50 to you know 11, I'm going to take a break, and so on and so on. The important thing with time boxing is that you take into account your fudge ratio. And a fudge ratio, which uh, it's also called like Hofstetter's Law, which it's basically we have, there's something called a planning fallacy, where human beings are unable to differentiate between the best case scenario and the average case scenario. So when we think, how long is it going to take to get to work? Uh, on average, we always think of the best case scenario where there's no traffic, lights are all green, uh, everything goes hunky-dory. We're unable to plan for uh, surprises that come up. So the fudge ratio is essentially a heuristic to say, I think this is going to take an hour, so I'm going to write down an hour and a half. Or maybe it might be more for you, less for you. Uh, Building that into time boxing is going to increase the likelihood that time boxing works for you. So that's an interesting one. Cool. I think I need to increase my fudge factor. I I never get my to do list done. <laughs> oh well, it's, I don't think I do either. But do you, do you notice that you plan? Uh, do you do you actually plan blocks of time for specific tasks? I do. Yeah. Okay. And how often do you actually meet that goal? Meet the goal of of doing the work during that time of of uh, that I set out, or yeah, hitting what that I accomplished done. Hitting the hitting the actual deadline that you set for the task. Um, 
lately not great. Uh, I, I think the the more the more I'm familiar with something, the better I can get at it. But when I'm doing a lot mm. of new things, um, so podcasting being one of the new things that I'm I'm doing, I, I get uh, I I'm, I'm just not as good at estimating the time. Uh, that'll, okay. that'll take for me. One of them also too is for writing. I always it's it's very random. It's like sometimes I can get you know a thousand words out in an hour, and sometimes I can I can spend four hours on that on that same amount of of, of ostensibly the same amount of work, but it it just takes varying amounts of time. I'm finding for myself. Yeah, and that yeah for writing, it's a big uh, swing factor based on how much you actually know about the topic and how much you care about it. Um, what you ate for lunch, like your level of caffeination, those kind of things. Yeah, uh, yeah. For me, it's just like I write first drafts because taking the pressure off is a much easier way to get the words onto the page than thinking this has to go out in its current form as I'm typing mm-hmm. it. That just makes me freeze up. Uh, unless like the deadline's coming up, I can do it. But if I have a full day or two before something needs to be published, I'll just sit there being like, what's the best possible intro sentence? Well, it never gets done. You just kind of overanalyze it. So, mm-hmm. so the next one we have is the morning routine. Uh, I love my morning routine. I get up every morning at five fifty a.m. without fail. Uh, I guess not on the weekends, but every daily, like weekday morning. And the way that I do this is by using a Twitter scheduler called Buffer. And in Buffer, I have a tweet that's set to go out at six ten that says, "Hey, it's six ten. I'm still in bed. I'm lazy. Reply to this, and I will give you five dollars." There's a limit of five people that can do this, but uh, I'll pay it to you, uh, assuming my alarm did not malfunction. So I got to build some redundancy in there or some uh, fail safe. So I have to get out of bed every morning, go over to my computer, turn it on. And I've been listening to your uh, or I've been implementing your clear to neutral advice that you told me. So I've actually been closing my tabs at night and turning my computer all the way off. So I have to give myself nice. time to get to my room, turn my computer on, get to buffer, and set that tweet to go out the next day. So every single day, I'm just moving it one day forward so it never goes out. If it does go out, I'm going to have to pay people. And I also have an integration set up with Beeminder. So Beeminder is a productivity tool that lets you set goals. And if you fail those goals, it actually charges your credit card. So I have a goal set up to uh, it, it watches Twitter. There's a specific hashtag appended to that tweet. And if it sees that tweet go out, it will plot a data point on the Beeminder graph. And if even one data point gets plotted, I'm going to get charged. So there's like multiple systems set up to make me really mad if I do this, (laughs) if (laughs) I don't, if I don't wake up on time. So I always wake up on time. Um, And you learn the value of your productivity systems, not when you're excited to use them, but when you're like really not, not into it, you're just not feeling it. So most mornings I feel great. I get up. There's no problem. This morning I felt terrible when I woke up. I was like, I do not want to get up right now, but it's going to cost me a minimum 30 bucks if I stay in bed. So I got up (laughs) and I went and woke up. After that, I have a few things I do. Um, I brush my teeth, drink a glass of water take my vitamins, go for a walk, make breakfast, meditate for a while, and uh, a few other things like read, do some push-ups and pull-ups. Um, there's like half of the morning routine that is done right away, and then half that's kind of spaced out as I'm working. So the pull-ups get done kind of in the middle of writing sessions and stuff if I'm at home. Uh, so it's just a really good way to sort of give yourself a momentum boost 
and get some some small tasks done in the morning that start uh, building into a greater result down the line. But it also pushes you into your day's more uh, mentally challenging work. And the meditation is a cool thing. Um, I check off all these habits in Habit RPG, which is Mm -hmm. a really cool tool. And we have a guild for College Info Geek readers, which is actually growing. I think it's got like 30 members now, maybe maybe 35, which is awesome. So uh, we're launching challenges, and I just launched a meditation challenge. And I said, just meditate for three minutes a day. You don't have to be in like ohm pose or anything. Just like focus on your breath or something. See if it increases your mental clarity and focus. Uh, so I'm doing that myself, and it really does work. And I'm glad to have the uh, extra people that are keeping me accountable on there. And so the last one you have on your list is the email tools. And you have this note, like, have you gotten text expander yet? And I, I feel guilty because I have not. <laughs> it's something uh. I keep putting off. I keep putting it off. I really do. Um, I'm going to get into it. Because what you showed me with Text Expander looks a lot more powerful than the small snippets that I have in Alfred. So I will be checking it out when I've got some time. Um, the problem with doing a video podcast and article every week is it's really a content hamster wheel if you can't plan and I'm bad at planning. So uh, playing around with new apps is kind of difficult. Oh, okay, um, okay. Yeah, but I, I will get to it. The tool that I do use for email... Uh, I think I had a list of them, but one of the big ones is Boomerang, actually. So there are, like, people that I want to reply to, but I'm not ready to reply to them yet because I haven't gotten something done. So I'll just Boomerang that message to come back in two weeks, and that way it's not sitting in my inbox staring me down in the face. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, yeah so what we, do you use uh, for email? Um, I actually, I, I read uh, or I went through your, your email tools article and and i use a lot of them uh boomerang's Mm. huge uh especially when i was doing a a bit more uh, work as a consultant one-on-one with 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 business owners uh when when you do that type of thing you need to follow up with people and that's what i use boomerang for a lot is like i would send out an email to to somebody and say hey you know it's it's uh, you, you're ready to uh, to meet up and, and do some of your coaching. And if they are not organized, which I was helping them get more organized, they might not get back to me right away. So I'd set a boomerang to myself uh, for like a week from now for that email. So if they didn't respond within a week, I would get that email back and I would be like, all right, you know, still need to do that. Or I would call them or I'd or do something like that. So that's what I use boomerang for. I didn't, I didn't usually boomerang stuff to myself every once in a while. I do that, but I, uh, I often would just use folders for that. Just folders mm-hmm. that I, I want to look back and, and read lately. Um, the, what are, oh yeah, I do have that article up. So I can just look through them all. Um, yeah. Setting up filters is huge. That's, that saves a lot of time. Um, and, oh, I like your IFTT, uh, if then, then that to Evernote by starring it. That's cool. I'm going to have, I'm going to have to start using that. I definitely use the email game, which is, is a, a great one for, uh, throwing, uh, just, you know, if you've got 60 plus emails in your inbox and you just want to go through them and unroll.me, I use as well. So, because I subscribe to a lot of different different websites it's nice to just have them all on on one email versus trying to look at 50 emails which kind of gets overwhelming at, at, at times so yeah, yeah unroll me we, is just huge 
Yeah, yeah. I, I finally got my girlfriend to start using it, and um, it's it's. I think she her average roll per day is um, like in the fifties. So it's saving her seriously a ridiculous amount of time. Mine's mine's close to that too. Mine's probably in the in the forties, uh, just because you know I I like to read all keep t- keep tabs on a lot of different blogs, and so okay, that's that's what I use it for for. For blogs that I like follow the newsletters of, I actually don't really use Unroll Me. Um, I have mm. a filter to send them to a specific newsletter study folder. Oh, but okay. For like other newsletters and like certain things that I sometimes am interested in, then Unroll Me is a good tool. But I never have more than like 12, I think. I'm pretty ruthless with actually unsubscribing to things that I don't need. Yeah. So basically, if you're on Unroll, you're on the way to being unsubscribed. So I, I keep, yeah. if I if I'm really interested in what you're doing, uh, so currently you and and Stephen Worley of Unstuckable and and just a few a few other people, you can go straight into my inbox. If not, mm. you get filtered into a folder which I very rarely read. So it's it's almost yeah. like I've unsubscribed. Um, but uh, it, then then uh, the last step is to putting putting you on my roll up because when you roll something up. Well, you can see the email, but then you have to click on the email, and then and then you can see it. Uh, so it's like extra friction to, in between actually um, seeing the intriguing uh, topic, whatever it is, and and it finally getting to it. And so yeah. I, th- then it becomes rarely opened, and then uh, and then I unsubscribe. So that's my huge email <laughs> workflow. Um, <laughs> do you use Gmail or do you use another app? Yeah, I use Gmail. Do you have the tabs or not? Oh, I took the tabs away. I don't like them. Okay, so did I. Yeah, I don't like them either. I was wondering, well, I don't have the tabs. Um, so I guess I, I'm mildly curious as to what my emails, where my emails may go to people who do use tabs. Which actually, I usually uh, encourage people to not use tabs because I think it's kind of, I don't know. I mean, I guess they can use it. What I encourage them to do is get my emails out of the promotions tab. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sneaky, sneaky, I, I, but... They they probably I imagine they 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 go on their Gmail's real good about about. I would that. imagine I bet, anything. I bet, I bet Asian efficiency emails go into the promotions too. So oh, I would imagine both anything <laughs> from like Mailchimp, Aweber, Constant Contact, anything from an email provider is probably going to be going there. So yeah, it is what so it is though. Wanna, you want to read it more efficiently? You know they're trying to they're trying <laughs> to. I, I, so I, I mean, what what I think you do with college students, what Asian efficiency does with um with with anybody who who's looking to to put some more systems in their life, and what um what Google does with information is we're just trying to help people put a filter on it. You know yep. the the amount of information that is being created every single day is is just it's so exponential it's not even funny and if you don't have the right filters it's so easy to get really overwhelmed and so you teach college students how to like focus in and 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 study the right material and take notes effectively and um and google and gmail is trying to do that same thing it's like okay well they don't need to know about everything they probably want to get that email from grandma or or their their wife over an email from college info geeks so yeah, I, I see where they're going with it. It's not always, you know, it's when when they take setting the system up for you, uh, that it, it's a little a little bothersome because you know you could you could do that that on your own. Um, but I, I I can see where where they're going. 
Yeah, I think it's smart. Like you and I have probably been like manually categorizing and filtering emails for years. So it's kind of second nature to us right now. And the day that the tab interface launched, I was like, what are you doing? I already have my own system. I don't need that. But when I like see the email inbox of one of my friends, they have not archived an email since 2007. Their inbox has 10,000 unread messages. Like they probably need it. So yeah, it, it makes sense for the average person. Yeah. Well, cool. So, so one, one thing that you're, you're really into right now, you've been doing a lot of writing as well as had a podcast. How long has your podcast been going on for? Just about two years, actually. Two years. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, but you are getting uh, really into, into making videos. Um, is, there, is there anything you wanted to tell us about that sort of process um, and, and how, what you're learning from it and how, how it is as sort of a, a communication tool? Yeah, so I think video is, of like the three medium types that I do, writing, podcasting, and video, it's easily the most challenging. Um, I think it's probably the most time-consuming, but it's also very rewarding, I'm finding, because it's it's the most engaging medium that you can do, and I've realized that there's kind of a, a gap on YouTube. There's not really a channel that's dedicated to study tips and uh, digging into the things that college students need to know. There are a few that are very close, and I'm trying to build relationships with them, but it's just, for the most part, it's missing. So I wanted to build that, and uh, that's what I'm doing. And it's it's really fun. So I just, uh, I found Wistia's Learning Center. They have like some great videos on how to do lighting, how to make things on the cheap. And I just kind of built this whole like budget lighting setup. I figured out how to make my audio sound good. And I've just been trying to get better every single week when I make a new video. Um, and it was doing really well. Like I had, a, I had, I've had my YouTube channel since 2006. Um, my brother and I just put like horrible, stupid, fun videos up there when we were kids. Uh, and it kind of just like sat there for a while. There was like totally unrelated videos for a while. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to do this. Um, the subscriber count was sitting at 100 back then, uh, before I started. And then I made like five or six videos, got up to like 350 subscribers. So I was like, this is doing well. And then one of the videos I made got posted to Reddit and got like 70,000 views. So, um, subscribers have gone up way since then. And I'm like, you know what? This was a good decision. I'm having a lot of fun making videos. Um, it's the creative process is amazing because I can do so much in editing and I can do so much while filming. And, um, I just think it was a great decision. I'm definitely going to keep doing it. That's great. Yeah. Uh, the, the video that he's talking about, we'll put it in the show notes. It's, it's a really good one. It's, it's more of a, a motivation one. Um, mm-hmm. It's, and um, it's, it's taking a few words out of your vocabulary to, to really increase your, your productivity. Um, but the, some of my, I'll, I'll link to a handful of my other, other favorite ones because some of them, you just, there's little jokes that you put in there and little, little, I don't even know what you would call them. Images popping on the screen and coming off. It's just really well edited. Like looks mm. like you have a whole studio behind you and, and, uh, and, and really you're just, yeah, like you said, just kind of hacked it together. So it's, it's really neat to see that people can do so much with just a, a laptop and a little bit of, a little bit of effort. Yeah. It's, I think it's actually a little bit advantageous to be doing it on a budget. Uh, I didn't think this before, but you know who Hank Green is? No, I don't. Do you know, like, John Green, uh, the Vlogbrothers? So, like, you probably heard of The Faults in Our Stars, at least, right? No, it's it's like a movie that's out. It's like a super best-selling book. 
Uh, it's like sentimental chick flick kind of thing, I think. I haven't seen it, uh, but anyway, there's this super ultra like mega popular channel on YouTube called Vlog Brothers. Uh John Green has like three million followers on Twitter. So they're like old school YouTube stars have been in the game for a long time. Not quite on the level of like Smosh, but pretty close. And Hank, one of the guys, he wrote an article the other day about how um a lot of people like content creators think that on YouTube you need to be a little bit worse than like professional television when really the thing that people like is just to see content that's a little bit better than what they can make. So it's a kind of the thing about like on online video, I feel like it's almost like, Ooh, I want to watch something that my, one of my friends could have made, you know, it's good, but it's only a little bit better than what I think I could have made and doing it on a budget. You kind of get that feel. So I no longer feel bad about not having like amazing $10,000 cameras and a whole studio behind me. Cause it's probably advantageous to be like a scrappy one man dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's, maybe that's part of the, the appeal. And, and a lot of it is, is the message that it could, it could deliver. So as long as it's not so, you know, grainy or, or, or shaky or other annoying things happening and it has a really good message, I think it'll take off just like yours is proven to, to already do. Mm. For sure. Well, uh, Thomas, I, you know, I know you've, you've got a lot to do. You've, you've got, um, I don't know if you're, that was your real to-do list, edit the podcast. I, I know you're going to be writing <laughs> a little bit more on your, on your book, which is, is, um, uh, awesome. Can't wait to see that first chapter. Um, but before you leave, I've got, uh, I've got three final questions for you. All so right. I, I don't know if you've prepared. I don't know if I gave you time to prepare, but I am. The, the three questions, <laughs> uh, that's good. Uh, I, I knew you wouldn't even need to be prepared because you think about this stuff all the time um that we like to ask every guest is um a book a tool and a frog so uh let's start with the book so what's a book that you've read recently that that you've gotten a lot out of all right well the book i'm reading right now is the power of habit by charles Duhigg. i want to say it is and that book is amazing like i'm just isn't it just mind-blowing yeah, so, and I'm doing something with this book that I've never done before, which is immediately after finishing a chapter, I go write notes on it. So I've got about 3,000 words of notes, like, written down from this book, and I'm just like, this is just a complete re-education on the science of how habits are formed. And, like, everything is habits when it comes down to it, almost. Uh, so I think it's really going to change the way that I work and the way that I approach how I try to change bad habits and how I try to adopt good ones. Yeah, yeah, especially his technique for for changing bad habits. That's uh, which is just finding the trigger and replacing the routine and mm-hmm. getting giving yourself either the same reward or new reward. So that 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 idea of that that habits aren't one thing that they're broken down into three different things: the the trigger or cue, um, the routine, and then the reward. It's like oh, duh, but but you don't it, you wouldn't have known it without all that all that insight and research that he that he gives in that book so yeah. awesome book recommendation i know it was just part of uh unstuckables book club uh which mm. we both weren't able to go to because you're in disneyland and i found i was on a flight at the time right. he was doing his book book club but um cool cool so great book recommendation uh, so what's a what's a tool or or resource that helps you live a more productive life all right so uh the tool that comes to mind for me right now is habit rpg 
which I mentioned earlier. So it's a habit RPG is a habit tracker and it's got video game elements. So you kind of get a character and when you check off your habits or your dailies, you get uh, experience and gold. If you don't do the ones that you've set to be daily, then you lose health. And uh, it's become amazingly addicting and really helps me get a lot of things done every single day I wouldn't otherwise do. You get, you know, you can get gear, you can get uh, quests, you can like form a party with other people and fight bosses and build guilds and all sorts of cool stuff. So I've got a party with three other people. Uh, I know if I don't do my dailies, then they're going to get hurt. So I have to do them every single day. And last night was a great example. I was, it was 1030. I was ready for bed, but I had not yet written my 500 words for the book. So I sat down and wrote 500 words. And I guarantee you I would have just gone to bed had I not had that obligation to the people in my party. So that's my tool. Wow. Wow. That's good. That's I've I've been experimenting with a lot of different habit trackers as of lately. And I, I know you've mentioned that to, to me before and I haven't gone into it, but that, that that's a that's a powerful endor- endorsement when you have other people in your life that, that are relying on you to do your pull-ups or whatever it is you're, you're you're doing that's cool for sure man well there's a spot in the party open if you want one so oh yeah <laughs> you join up you you're actually private I, don't, party? I, don't think, I don't think parties are uh limited actually to a specific amount of people yeah i just put the link in the guild so i was like anybody in the guild who wants to be on my party as long as you will do your dailies you're welcome to join all right, I might have to join. <laughs> There's been I've uh my my pull up habit I was doing amazing on and then I just fell off like a rock. So dude, you I, gotta get back into it. I'm doing forty I, I a day. Know. <laughs> that's uh, that's awesome. I'm on I'm on this little quest to try to get um to uh, thirty in a row. Um, oh wow, so, okay. Yeah, mine uh, mine's a little uh, different. I'm trying to be able to do a muscle up, but I think getting to thirty is probably a good uh, sub goal for that. Mm, I can do a muscle up. Okay, oh, and I can't do thirty pull ups. Okay, interesting. Maybe it's like some moves I just haven't learned yet. Yeah. Well, I I, I cheater pants it a little bit. I do. You, are you talking on rings or on the bar? On a bar. Oh, on the bar. I uh I somewhat like swing into it a little bit. So okay. maybe maybe that's part of it. Um, or kip to use the uh, the CrossFit term. Yeah. Um. Okay. Okay. So. Yeah. No. All right. Well, I'll, I'll join your guild. I'll after <laughs> after the call. We'll uh, I'll, you'll send me the link and I'll yes. I'll do it. Perfect. All right. Actually, I might have to do it after Thailand, but well, I'll do it in, within. Oh yeah, yeah. Within yeah. The, when you well, it has a nice feature actually called the inn. So when you're going on vacation or if you're sick or something, you can check into the inn and your character goes to sleep, and then you don't have to do your dailies. It doesn't hurt you. So I do that when I have to travel. Okay, or maybe I'll just start some dailies that I can do while I'm traveling, and then yeah, that too. I'll I'll up it up my game a little bit more too. But okay. you don't want to do too many habits at once, anyway. So yeah, okay. it's definitely a success spiral kind of thing. Success spiral. Yeah. Oh, so there's a book called The Motivation Hacker, and actually that's an amazing one to add in if you want. Um, he talks about this concept of success spirals, where you when you see a success in your life, it starts building a spiral of, of more confidence. Uh, and the takeaway is don't try to do too many things at once if you're not building these success spirals already. So start with a few habits. When you have realized that you can do those every day, uh, then you can add in more. So I've got like 14 at this point, but I didn't start with 14. I started with like three. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, get them, get them on those 
those routines fixed in. Sweet. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, uh, what about your frog? I think I already know of some frogs in your life, but what's a, <laughs> what's a big, hairy, audacious goal that you're currently trying to eat piece by piece? It's the book. Yeah? It, it is the book. Yeah. I don't know if I told you, um, like the Hacking Productivity book, we're actually going to be attempting to have that one traditionally published. So I'm actually writing a book on a smaller book on getting better grades right now. It's a little bit more focused, but it's going to be free. So that's what I need to finish. That's my frog. I'm going to eat it. And uh, I'm going to be going to write more of it after this interview is over. So it will get done. All right. Well, uh, Thomas, thank you so much for the time. I always uh, definitely enjoy enjoy chatting with you. Um, I think you gave a lot of tips and, and good uh, food for thought for, for people to listen to uh, who are listening. Um, where can people uh, find you to, to reach out and thank you for your time or, or to uh, find out more about you? Sure, yeah. Uh, collegeinfogeek.com is the hub of everything I do online and Twitter is probably my favorite social network so if you want to follow me over there I'm Tom Frankly and I would love to chat alright well um, I, I know everyone's gotten a lot out of this episode with Thomas Frank not Thomas Frankly uh, <laughs> and, and if you'd like to div, dig deeper into the topics we've discussed you can find more in the show notes and you can find that at theproductivityshow.com slash 21 or theproductivityshow.com slash Thomas. So if you've got any questions, feel free to email us at podcast at asianefficiency.com or ping us on the Twitters at Asian Efficiency. And if you want to support the show, go to iTunes and subscribe. It really helps us out. Till next time. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this show and would like to learn more about optimizing your productivity, visit us at asianefficiency.com.